Hi, everyone. Terry Henney, and we're talking beans. Talking beans today with Joe Kramer, Executive Director of the Michigan Bean Commission. On uh, Well, for once, Joe, it looks like we got a little bit of sun out there to look at. Feels a little better this day. It sure does. I, uh, I don't mind winter when the sun is out. No, not at all. Not at all. Now, let's talk a little bit about the dry bean industry on a little bit different side. Uh, you know, usually when you and I talk, first of all, we talk about production. Well, obviously, mm-hmm. you got to produce the beans, but the more important thing when it's all said and done is you got to have consumption of the product as well. And we've talked about that here and there at different times, but I thought it was kind of interesting to talk to you today about it simply because I did get a report from the uh, dairy industry and uh, their report is as follows. The data is in and dairy's corner of the world showing some comfort in these challenging times throughout the market up and downs of the pandemic era. Consumers love dairy products and that has been a constant, even rising from 2019 into 2020. Retail dairy purchases, which jumped at the pandemic's beginning, have remained elevated throughout the year. And what I'm looking at right now, Joe, is butter and butter blends are up 25, almost 26%. Dairy cream is up over 20%. Natural and processed cheese up over 16%. Sour cream... 16% 16% increase. Ice cream and sherbet up over 11, almost 12%. Half and half, you know, the product we use here? Oh, yeah. Up about 10%. Cottage cheese up more than 6%. Yogurt up almost 5%. And milk is up almost 4%. As far, oh. as, as, far as the dry bean industry goes, I'm sure we've seen some of those trends as well. We, we have, Terry, the, the numbers uh, in the driving industry would actually be quite similar to, to what you just uh, told us about the dairy industry. So we do we do have a, a great story to tell during the, the COVID term, if you will. And we've got um, rather flat numbers coming into that when you look at the total dry bean category. If you break it down by class of beans... There's some there's some neat stories within that. Uh, black beans, for example, have had a stronger upward trend in terms of consumption than, say, navy beans. Uh, dark red kidney beans the same way. Uh, we continue to see some increases there. So over the last couple of years, we've gone some gone from some rather flat consumption to uh, to an upward trend. But we're anxious to continue to ride ride that wave and. One of the areas that we've put our focus in uh, with the commission and, and, and across the country, really, is the area of trying to include dry beans in any of your recipes, any of your norm, what I'll call normal day-to-day cooking. So we've got such a nutrient-dense product that if you can uh, sprinkle a few black beans or kidney beans or pinot beans or, or navy beans on top of a salad, you just really change that nutrient makeup of that salad in, in a positive way. One thing I've noticed, Joe, has been the restaurants that obviously here in Michigan you can't go into and dine in as much as what you used to, if at all. A lot of folks at home 
have adapted some of the bean dishes that they were able to get in the restaurants. And in the case of some of the uh, fast food in and outs, uh, where beans have been a specialty with a lot of the salads, people are researching and finding out new ways of utilizing beans. And lo and behold, they're finding out how nutritious they are. Well, you're right. It's um, it's it's been a real positive for us as people have stayed at home. They've they've opened more cans of beans, whether it's a bean in a brine or beans in a sauce. Uh, people are soaking beans um, and, and learning that it's not as hard as it may appear to be. And I think we've um, we've all slowed down just a little bit and and realized that it's not it's not hard to cook healthy. And if you put a little uh, a little research into it, you can find thousands and thousands of recipes that that include dry beans. Another another change for us, if you will, is looking at beans as a flour or as a powder. And for so long, we've just consumed whole beans. Um, that's what we grew up on. That's what we're used to. But we're, we're learning that if you could figure out a way to incorporate a little bean powder, a little bean flour into uh, a baking recipe, or even even go so far as to blend it with some of your meats, uh, you can you can actually prop up that nutrition panel on, on everything that you're eating and not really affect the taste, not really affect the, um, the feel in your mouth, but really change the, uh, the nutrition of what you're offering to your family. I'm uh, getting the funny feeling that our medical folks, uh, people in the know when it does come to nutrition, are really beginning now to actively promote uh, dry beans. You're right. We've got a nutritionist that's putting on some uh, webinars coming up here in February to speak to health professionals, uh, nutritionists, dietitians. Uh, they need they need ongoing credits, and uh, we're going to have a series of seminars with um, with this expert that that speaks exactly to that. Our intent is to kind of teach the teachers of how to talk a little bit more about dry beans. Uh, if you look at the the latest U- USDA uh, food guidelines, there's more beans in there than anything else. So they appear in the protein category. They appear uh, uh, whether it's a meat or a vegetable, um, very high in fiber. Uh, if you're if you're a pregnant mom to be, you you need folate, and and beans are a great source of folate. So we do we do have a great story to tell there, and people are continuing to figure out how to incorporate that into their regular uh, offerings. One thing I didn't realize, Joe, how easy it is to prepare beans. Uh, Some folks even prepare beans on the grill, along with uh, some of the other meat products that they might be doing at the same time. I'm fascinated by the applications, Terry. I've, I've seen them incorporated into smoothies, uh, that's, that's become real commonplace. If you're, if you're looking to, um, prop up the protein content of a smoothie, I, I've seen them in probably the strangest thing I've seen them is they take the brine out of a can of beans and they can turn that brine into a meringue like you and I would eat on a lemon meringue pie. So, uh, you can find, uh, black bean muffins in a number of different places, uh, bean brownies, uh, hummus, of course, 
doesn't have to be made from a chickpea. You can make uh, great hummus from uh, any of the beans we grow right here in Michigan. So my favorite's probably a, a navy bean hummus. Uh, cannellini beans are are commonly known on the shelf. We grow white kidney beans somewhere between uh, the field and the and the uh, shelf. They get baptized to be cannellini beans often, but they're they're one of my favorites too. I guess I'm kind of curious because I know the soybean industry uh, worked on the process where there were actual varieties of soybeans that would be used for specific consumer needs. Have we gotten that far, that sophisticated with the dry bean industry? We've done a lot of work in that area or had a lot of work done. Uh, We don't see a lot of differences in uh, the nutrition makeup from bean class to bean class. Uh, We're trying to identify milling characteristics that, that might be different from one class to another, but uh, the reality is it, it appears right now that it, it will probably focus on whichever one of the bean classes is the most economical. Uh, we don't see a lot of different, or at least we haven't yet seen a lot of difference in uh, the milling characteristics of the beans that we grow. So we're, we, we've, we've taken a look at cranberry beans, white kidney beans, navy beans, black beans, pinot beans. Uh, we did do some work with an Otibo bean, uh, which is more common in Canada, oddly. That one might have a little bit more of a fat or an oil content um, that makes it mill a little bit different, but we haven't really um, delved into that much further. I I also should mention when you compare to soybeans uh, or or a soybean flour, if you will, the the dry bean doesn't have any of the allergy uh, cautions that that come with a soybean. So. In terms of labeling, uh, when you when you incorporate a dry bean into your recipe, it doesn't really matter if you're a vegetarian or a vegan or a red meat guy like me. Um, dry beans fit all of those categories with a really clean label. So uh, we're non-GMO. Uh, we we have all of the any kind of diet you come, can come up with. Dry beans can fit into. Let's talk a little bit about processing, processing in particular here in Michigan. Do we have dry bean processors in the state? Where do the beans go for processing? We've got processing that that cleans the product, cleans the bean between the farmer and the cannery. That uh, we're we're experts in that area. Uh, the companies located here in Michigan do a great job of delivering a, a really clean, really safe product uh, to the end users. What we don't currently have in Michigan is is milling capacity. So uh, there's, there's certainly a flour milling capacity for wheat, de- devoted to wheat. And, and we've talked to those millers and we've got some ongoing conversations with those millers that um, we think there's a partnership there that a complement that would help a traditional breakfast cereal, for example, uh, be a little more nutritious if we could throw a little bean flour, wheat flour combination in there. So we continue to work on that. Um, one of our one of our goals, as you know, is is to create that industry, and we've been working pretty hard at that for the last couple of years. COVID has uh, set us back pretty hard with uh, a mill project that that we've taken on ourselves as as a commission. 
but we hope to have that up and running here in the next few weeks. And uh, that'll be located on the campus at Michigan State. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be available to any of the processors here in the state to be able to run some product through uh, and, and sample that out to any of their existing or potential customers. So uh, our intention is, and we've stuck some money into it, is to try to create that industry here in Michigan. Uh, our friends at ADM uh, have a beautiful facility in North Dakota and, and do a great job with that, but we see a little void in taking care of uh, some of the some of the businesses here that are located in Michigan, and, and you know the cereal companies, you know the uh, companies like Jiffy uh, Jiffy Mix products. All of those things could be uh, dressed up if if we could just add a little bit of bean flour to that product. Uh, any of the cake mixes, any of the donut mixes, uh, the pizza companies, uh, the breading companies. Can you imagine throwing a little bit of bean flour on your chicken McNugget and it, it, we wouldn't affect the taste, the performance, but we would definitely impact the nutrition. So you can take some pretty healthy foods and, and actually make them better. And uh, that's our intention. I'm really curious. Uh, my perception always was the best way to get a product out and to sell a lot of it was to be able to put it in party stores, in places where you're running in, running out. You're grabbing a soda, you're grabbing a candy bar, but... Was there some, at one time, uh, some experimentation going on as far as making a product kind of like the cheese balls, uh, the cheese puffs, uh, the bean puffs? We've done some work in that area. We've done some work with you know, the snack food industry with chips and, and puffs, as you're describing. Uh, you can look at uh, Bush Brothers. Uh, we both know Bush Brothers well can look at their Facebook page and see recently where they're promoting a new chip that they've come out with. Um, but we've, there's, there's actually several uh, snack food companies that are currently using beans, uh, Pringles potato chips. You can actually find a, a Pringles chip that it's going to look like it's got a little bit of pepper on the chip, but it's actually fortified with some bean, uh, black bean flour. So uh, red beans and black beans seem to be the the most popular in the chip industry. Uh, they're working in, in, in cooperation with the corn industry, uh, but some of them are, stand are actually really good standalone bean chips. Uh, I had some this weekend and they, they're tasty, um, but a real healthy alternative to, uh, to potato chips, which, which I love, by the way, but uh, I probably could use a little more health in my diet too. Well, that's, you know, first of all, where did you get them? That's what I'd like to know, because I, I, I'd i love to try them. And what's uh, more important, secondly, is it appears as though anything that the dry beans touch, that product does actually become a little bit better for you, a little more nutritious. That's the, that's the amazing thing about them. You're right. We can make almost anything a little bit healthier, and uh, that's, our, that's our long-term goal. If people are eating healthier, we, we see the benefits of added... Uh, added sales opportunities. So we, th we think everybody's a winner if they eat more beans, but uh, some of the chip products that, that I'm describing, the, the product from Bush Brothers is brand new and, and we haven't seen that on the shelf here in Michigan. Uh, but there's many, there's many uh, bean chip type products that you can walk into, especially the specialty stores, right? The, the whole foods type stores um, are just packed with those types of things. Uh, but oftentimes you can go to a Meyer or a Kroger 
uh, a Walmart, any of those stores, and occasionally uh, they'll have an area within their chip section that's um, that you'll find some specialty chips in there, and and uh, you don't you don't have to look that hard. You just have to be conscious of them when you see them that to give them a try. So I think it's fairly safe to say our conversation today has been about bean consumption, dry bean consumption. And obviously, you uh, first and foremost want to get dry bean products from Michigan all across the globe. But all in all, when it's all said and done, we need to consume more of the product ourselves. We sure do, and and that's that's our goal. If you could if you could figure out a way to get a half a cup to a cup of of dry beans in your diet uh, uh, every day. You you really really change your gut health. You ch- you change every every aspect of your uh, of your diet, and that daily ration is is improved uh, simply by adding some really affordable uh, nutrient dense beans to it. So yeah, when you when you put the whole story together, uh, there's really no reason not to do it. We've been talking to Joe Kramer, the executive director of the Michigan Bean Commission, and we've been talking beans. Joe, thanks a lot for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Terry. You betcha. This is Terry Henney, WSUW farm broadcaster in Saginaw, Michigan, wishing you a great day.